You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Hey there, thanks for tuning in today to Life Repurposed and episode number 43. This is the fourth and final part in the Relation Tips series, and the title of this episode is Social Media Distancing. I'm recording this today ahead of a storm, so I'm trying to get it all recorded before the thunder and lightning, winds, hail, all that stuff comes along. So I'm hoping that the weather holds out for about 15 minutes while I chat with you. So social media distancing, this has been on my mind, and this is because we're living in a world right now where we're relying on social media, on media of any kind, for a lot of communication. Now, I know that this is later in the COVID-19 saga, if I want to call it that. And so some places are reopened, some are not. Some are still having a lot of issues with the virus, some are not. It's just a lot of variety out there about what's happening in people's lives. And also, there is a lot of stuff going on in regards to the election year, how that also uh, interweaves, intertwines, I don't know the right word, but with what's happening with COVID-19, there's just a lot of stuff that can really get people worked up out there. And so for this final segment in relationships, I really wanted to talk about our virtual relationships, because this is a season where whether it's quarantine, shelter at home, social distancing, or more, it has become obvious how important these relationships are. But it has also become very obvious how painful they can be. During this time, I've had to unplug more than ever before, and yet I needed my friends more than ever before. So it's been a real struggle to have to say, I cannot be on social media right now, but I desperately need to talk to some people who care, and I want to be inspired by what's going on in their lives. I love some of the innovation that's come out of this season, and I want to see those great stories, the heartwarming stuff that's out there. But like I said, during this time, I've had to unplug more than ever before. But like I said, I've also needed my friends more than ever before. So it can be really difficult to find a peaceful spot in the middle of all that. So I want to share some things I've observed and noticed about the online world in the last three months. And then I'm going to talk about how we can repurpose some of that into something that's more positive than what we might see on the outside. So first, I've noticed that people will share anything if it fits their point of view. This is articles, this is news posts, this is memes and graphics and whatever's out there. People will share anything if it fits their point of view. This is concerning because we start to become people who only look for one point of view and find all the support for that rather than gathering a little from each side and being more objective. I've also noticed that people say anything, even if they would never say it to another person's face. So whether it's on a news report or an article or on somebody else's opinion piece or wherever it is, on social media especially, people are just not being careful with their words. They're just throwing it out there in some really negative and insulting ways and not really thinking about the feelings of people. And so I've observed that we sometimes forget that there are still human beings on the other side of the machine. 
I've also noticed that people spiritualize a lot of opinions. And so it becomes muddy and really unclear for people navigating, especially if they don't have any kind of faith foundation to have everything be spiritualized. This is done because it's the will of God, or this is fulfilled by a prophecy, or this is done because it's punishment here or there. I'm not even going to get into all that because it's too negative. I I don't appreciate some of it. And yet there is a spiritual component. There's a faith component component of relying on God in all of this. And so, like I said, that can be really confusing for people when everything gets spiritualized. I've noted also that drama is alive and well. It is out there and it's not going away. I've noticed that there are very real hurts out there and people need support. There are people who desperately need something, a word of help, actual physical supplies, um, someone to listen to them, somebody to stop by and take care of something at their house, whatever that is. There are people out there that do need support, and sometimes we can miss that in the middle of all the other things. I've also noticed that digital is not the same as in person, but sometimes we expect it to be. I mean, that's sort of a duh, Michelle. Yes, of course, digital is not the same. But we do sometimes approach meetings and things with the same expectations that we're going to come away with the same feeling or the same benefit. I've noticed this with having online church now for three months. That it just isn't the same. It, it's not the same when I'm the only person in the room really who wants to sing. And so my husband and I just sort of listen to the music and I love it, but yet it's just not the same. Uh, I've also noticed this is an extrovert's world. It has been more clear to me than ever before in the last three months that this is an extrovert's world. Introverts have long ago learned that if they're going to survive, they will have to bend to the introvert side of life and just participate. There are no or have not been in the past, long stretches of time where an introvert could unplug and just be home to have more quiet, to have less activity. It doesn't necessarily go the other way because I've noticed even for this short amount of time, many extroverts have had a terrible time adjusting to a slower pace and fewer activities. You might guess that I'm a little biased here because I am an introvert. And so for me, there have been a lot of moments in the last three months where this has felt like the breath of fresh air that I've longed for. But on the flip side, I can't stand that it came at such a high price. So I look at it like, okay, this is a life lesson for what I need in my life, but I'm not rejoicing because of what happened that caused me to finally get that break, just to make that really clear. But it is an extrovert's world, and introverts, for the first time, are having others have to bend to what they would love their life to be like. So that's just an observation that I've made. And lastly, I've noticed that there is still kindness alive and well if we look for it and when we look for it. And so I don't want to say that everything out there digitally is horrible and everything is uh, negative. That is not true. My observations are that kindness is alive and well, and people have done some really remarkable things to show kindness during this season. So what do we do with all that? That's not even the exhaustive list of my observations. You don't need to have all of them. Like I said, there's a lot of negative out there, and I won't list it all because you've seen it, and you don't really come to my podcast to get more negativity. I want to tell you, though, that we can repurpose even our digital communication for something that is much healthier than the norm. So let's talk about what we can do 
in the middle of all this, when life has changed, communication has changed, our relationships are different. How do we maintain relationships in a digital world? Well, first, I encourage social media distancing. I know this is hard because we are using social media for our news source often and to get a lot of information, but it doesn't have to be our only source of digital communication. The telephone still works, surprisingly, even Cell phones still work for conversations. They aren't just little computers that we hold in our hands. Email still works. And we can still send things by email. A video chat works. We can communicate with people outside of just social media where we're getting it filtered and biased in different ways. So our media does not have to be consumed from a platform that's heated and overwhelming. I've spent many days unplugged from social media in the last few months because I needed to be distanced from it for the sake of my mental health. You can snooze someone by unfollowing for a period of time on your social media friends list. And sometimes for me, that means this is the only way I can preserve my love for this person. I sometimes have to distance and say, I can't look at what they're saying right now, but I care about them as a person. So the best I can do is to distance for a little while until I can handle my own emotions about this. So holding someone at arm's length for most interaction and still showing them grace and kindness when you do need to interact is my solution, and I call that social media distancing. Number two, reach out with kindness. You can distance from negative without being absent from all the interactions. So you can reach out in a message to someone, whether it's a voicemail or a typed message to let them know that you're thinking of them and you care. One of my dear friends has been contacting people with a short little clip on a Facebook messenger, just sending a prayer for that person that day. So that little voice. It doesn't take the time of a phone call because sometimes we only have a half a minute and we want to do something nice. Um, Sending those messages, sending a little image. I thought of you today. You were on my mind, whatever. Just reaching out with that kindness really helps us to repurpose all the negative stuff into something that's positive. There is a hunger for kindness and love out there. And so you can make a difference with your words. We can post images and words that inspire rather than instill fear. And when I use the word fear, and even that word has become a hot button thing. On both sides of any issue, there's fear. There's a fear of loss of control. There is a fear of the unknown. And so when I'm, when I'm using that word, I'm not saying that any one perspective is more laden in fear. I'm saying that in general, some of the heavy stuff that's out there is fear-based and it's just not inspiring. And so if we can share words and images that inspire, that's a way of really blessing people. And if it's even personalized to one particular person sent in a message, that's even more than just like a general thing that we put out there for someone else. I encourage you to think about how your political perspective and the intensity that surrounds it could destroy your ability to inspire people. So if our words and our presence are like a fire that burns people when they get close, who's going to want to get close enough to us? And then if we offer a cup of kindness, in many ways it's like if we were to stand by a bonfire or a campfire and it's raging and we throw a cup of water on, 
it evaporates as soon as it hits. There's no effect of that water on that fire. And so if we are personally like a raging fire with our opinions, then if we try to offer somebody even a cup of kindness that comes out from us, that kindness evaporates as soon as we try to offer it because it's so out of balance with the fire of our passionate point of view. And so I encourage you to really think about like how much of what I present out there is fiery and how can I balance that with something that is as comforting as a cool cup of water to somebody else. And the last thing is that self-awareness is so important. I don't need to say every word that comes into my head. And so being self-aware enough to know that like it's my own filter, like, nope, I don't need to say anything. Move on. Just and that can be in personal conversations and it could be in a phone call and it could be on social media. That's everywhere. My tone is also more evident to the people online than I might realize. So I might think I said it obviously with a tone of kindness and other people can see a different tone there. And so emails and texts are hard. And sometimes having that phone call is so much better because you can hear the tone in somebody's voice. But just to be aware that even if we're trying to, um, I guess, be fake nice, people can see that. So genuine love really matters. We might be more gullible than we think if we only chase after news that feeds our point of view. So this is another self-awareness thing of, you know, thinking, am I gullible enough to believe anything as long as it fits the point of view that I'm trying to get out there? Then that self-awareness is important to know. Also, my opinion and how I share it might make someone else feel as if they aren't cared for or respected. And so how I share and being self-aware of how I share my own opinion is important because if I sandwich in my own opinion a dig at someone else's opinion, then I haven't made any progress at all. I see social media and my profile out there on whatever platform I'm on sort of like my front porch. So if it's my personal space and we've connected and I'm seeing your things and you're seeing my posts, all that kind of stuff, we're having conversations, it's like I invited you to my front porch to sit down and have a conversation. And I consider you my friend if I do that. So if you were walking by and I said, hey, come on up here and sit down. Let's have a glass of water, some lemonade, and let's talk. We can agree to disagree when we're sitting on my front porch. But if you come onto my front porch and start to shout at me and call me names, I will kindly invite you to step off my porch. This doesn't mean I have hatred for anyone. I mean, if you were physically at my home on my front porch, it wouldn't mean I hated you. If I stepped away, it simply means that my front porch is a safe place and I want everyone to feel welcome there. And if that welcome gets off balance, then I have to make tough decisions about who I invite there. So on the virtual front porch, I ask that all of us think about how can we discuss this kindly, that we smile as we talk, that we pat each other on the shoulder and say we're here for one another. We can do that virtually too. So it's like the front porch where anyone's welcome to step up and be part of the conversation and we don't all have to agree, but we can love. My goal is not to grow a circle of people who think like me and agree 100% with me, and I'm only going to hang out with people that are just like me. But my goal is to grow a circle of people who love, even with massive differences in between. I want to have a diverse circle of contacts who have a common goal 
and that is to be kind humans and to make one another better humans for knowing each other. Stay with me. I have a resource for you before we go. For a resource this time, I'd like to share a book that I just finished reading. And it was one that I bought because I read the author's second book and loved it so much that I wanted to get the backstory on the first one. The reason I'm including this in the end of this relationship series is that I like the author's perspective. It doesn't really have anything to do with social media, but it has to do with relationships. And therefore, I think this is an excellent resource. This book is called Falling Free, Rescued from the Life I Always Wanted by Shannon Martin. Shannon Martin had the perfect life with a cute farmhouse on six rambling acres, a loving husband, three adorable kids, money, friends, a close-knit church, a safe and happy existence. But when the bottom dropped out through a series of shocking changes and ordinary inconveniences, the Martins followed God's call to something radically different, a small house on the other side of the urban tracks, a shoestring income, a challenged public school, the harshness of county jail where her husband is now a chaplain. And yet the family's plunge from safety was the best thing that could ever have happened to them. Falling free charts their pilgrimage from the self-focused wisdom of the world to the topsy-turvy life of God's being found, more being found in less. The Martin's practical, sweetly subversive book invites us to rethink assumptions about faith and the good life, push past insecurity and fear, and look beyond comfortable, middle-class Christianity toward a deeper, richer, and ultimately more fulfilling life. Shannon has an unconventional approach to how she does life, and I love her fresh honesty and humor, and just the way that she changed her perspective from being all about herself and her own family to being all about other people and how they can be in ministry. So I will have a link to that book if you want to check it out, a link to where you can get it at michellerayburn.com slash 43 for episode number 43, just on my website on the show notes that go along with this episode. Thank you for joining me today. If you need a little social distancing, you have my permission to do that. But more than anything, let's look for ways we can spur others on to love and joy and peace. In fact, all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Have a great week. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.